Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine, here. I am so excited to welcome our guest, Michelle Bruxer. She's an MSW and a registered social worker, so RSW. And she's the founder of the MSW Helper, which is a resource hub for Masters of Social Work applicants. Michelle started the MSW Helper after applying to her Masters of Social Work and realizing how little support there is for people who are applying to an often competitive program. Michelle and her team strive to support the next generation of social workers and increase confidence in the application process through personal statements, editing services, webinar, and other resources. And I've seen some posts, Michelle, that people who have worked with you were accepted into four out of four programs that they applied to. So it sounds like you're doing great work. Welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for the kind introduction. I'm excited to be here. Yes, same, same. So I'm wondering, how did you, how did you even get started in this? Because I know that you applied to the program and you realized there really isn't very much help. So what made you kind of like take the next step and say, I should start a business around this? For sure. So actually, MSW Helper really didn't start like I did not set out to start a business editing personal statements. Um, when I was in grad school, I was, you know, looking for like to do an extra job. So I actually started editing resumes. And I would work with anybody and everybody. And I was just meeting people in like my public library in my town. Um, and I would just meet with them and help them with their resumes. And from that, I kind of found a niche within the social work field since I was in the master's program myself. Um, and from that, I was around that time that I realized, you know, I had just been through that experience of applying to my master of social work. And I knew how difficult that process of applying and writing the personal statement was. Um, so I kind of thought, you know, I think that that's something that people would want help with. Um, so I just kind of put it out there and, you know, I, I got a response. Um, and so that's kind of what I shifted into doing. I kind of let go of the resume editing part to focus on the personal statement side of things. Um, and yeah, like I said, it was never something that I imagined would turn into what it is today. Um, actually, for the first four years that I was in business, um, I didn't have a name. So the name MSW Helper didn't exist. Um, and really, it was in the last year or so that I've kind of taken it into and turned it into like a like a real full business. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I started. That's amazing. So what year did this all start? Like when you were when you first got your client? Uh, 2018 would have been when I was in grad school just starting. Um, and then I graduated and was working as a social worker for a couple of years and kind of continued doing it as a side hustle. 
Um, and fall of last year, so fall of 2022 is when I really decided, okay, now is the time to see how far I can actually take this. Yes, I love that. That's amazing, Michelle. So <laughs> I'm wondering, what is one of the big mistakes that you see people make? Because this is a conversation that I see all over the place. You know, what do I put in my in my personal statement? How much do I share? You know, I'm I'm wondering what is the first mistake that you see that you want to just clear the air right now? For sure. I would say the biggest thing is not having a clear why for pursuing grad school and for becoming a social worker. Um, applicants should be able to tell me in one sentence why they want to pursue grad school and what they're hoping to do in the social work field. Um, and I find that when people don't have a clear why, it makes it really hard for people to write a really cohesive personal statement. Um, most schools will ask about kind of you and your personal experiences, as well as a social justice issue, and just like a couple other things. And I find that when people don't have a clear why or reason or goal in mind, those answers become very discombobulated. Like, for example, someone might say, I have experience working in child welfare. And then they talk about a social, social justice issue that has to do with like um, gerontology or older populations. And then for their goal, they say they want to be a mental health social worker in a hospital. Um, and for the reader, that is very confusing, right? As to like what your goal is as a social worker. Whereas if you are very um, clear about that, you say, you know, I have experience in this field. And from that, I have gathered some insights or a gap in the field. And as a master's level, level social worker, I want to use my skills to further my education and work towards like resolving that issue or gap as a social worker. Okay, that makes sense. And and that, yeah, that totally makes sense the way that you broke it down, because if we are all over the place, the reader of our application might think, what are they really getting at here? Do they actually know what they're going to be getting into? And, yeah. And I'm wondering. Yeah, for sure. And you show, um, uh, like, you show that you bring value to the program when you have, like, a specific goal in mind, right? Um, whereas if you don't do that, it's, yeah, it's it's just very confusing for them. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm one, you know, a couple of thoughts that came up when you were talking about that. One that I could see our, our social workers rights community asking is, what if I don't really know what it is that I want to do? What if I, I like all of the populations, I love working with children, I like working with their parents, and I can even connect with their grandparents, right? So what if we don't know exactly what it is that we want to do yet? So I would say that for the purpose of the personal statement, it does make a stronger application when you can kind of say like at least sort of what area of social work you want to be in. So even if it's like, you know, that you want to be working at the micro level, working with like kids, like that could be like, it's all going to depend on you and like, um, just like the specifics around you. Um, I would say as long as there's some cohesion between like what, like, like, truthfully, there should be some reason why you want to pursue, like, a master's degree in social work. You, most people do have, like, some sort of, at least, like, idea about, like, what they want to do. Even if it's not, like, a specific population or niche, you don't necessarily have to be that detailed. Um, but 
yeah, I would say that most of the time, whenever I, I do kind of come across that where applicants are like, I don't know, like what I want to do, I kind of work with them to kind of hash it out a little bit more. And I have found that most often people um, really do have at least somewhat of an idea of what they want to do. Okay, great. One of the benefits of your services is just to provide that clarity for people who are applying to the program. Because I hear a lot of times the most general answer that everybody will say, why did you become a social worker? Why do you want to do this? I want to help people. Yes. <laughs> and I always say, okay, what is beneath that? Like, where did that come from? What type of people is it that you want to help? You know, do you want to help children or do you want to help inmates? There's so many different types of people. Absolutely. And that actually, like, that's something I always see is the statement, I want to be a social worker because I want to help people. And what I really tell people is, okay, if you want to help people, why do you want to become a social worker and not a nurse? Why do you want to be a social worker and not like a doctor or a lawyer? All of those people, all of those professions help people. So what is it about social work that is the right fit for you? So even if you're not picking like a specific niche or population, like really hone in on why social work is the right fit. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion, containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses, including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier and I'm wondering, what is it that the admissions people are looking for in our application? You mentioned that they want to see a clear focus, but I'm wondering, is there anything else? And is it necessary to do trauma dumping where we tell all of our personal business and say, look at all this shit. I've, it's my podcast. I'll cuss. Look at all the <laughs> shit I've been through and please accept me. Is trauma dumping necessary? Yeah. So... The biggest things that admissions committees are looking for are for you to demonstrate your critical thinking skills and your contribution to the field of social work. So that's what I was kind of saying about like, um, you know, you want to kind of have a, a goal in mind and identify like what you what you believe you're going to bring to the field and in your unique experience um, and then critical thinking skills as well. So 
um, really talking about your insights and the things that you have experienced. Now, a lot of people enter the field of social work because of personal things that they have been through. Um, and certainly that is something that comes up in the personal statement. And, you know, if that is the case for applicants, if that's part of their motivation, absolutely, they should include it. However, it's not a, you know, it's not a contest about who has been through the most, right? Um, and actually, it's not always necessary to even include that. I definitely have lots of people who say, you know, I've been through something and that's initially why I entered social work at the bachelor's level. But now at the master's level, like my goals have kind of changed and, um, and they want to focus more on like the things that they have experienced in the field and why that has motivated them to become a social worker. Um, so while, yeah, you can definitely include some of those personal experiences, it's definitely not um, a place where you have to include that information and you shouldn't include it because you think you're going to get brownie points because of it. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, great. And the other question that comes up a lot is what if I don't have social work experience and what if my GPA is low? Does this stop me from applying or does this kill my chances? So, yeah, that's definitely a huge part of like the support that I provide with people, right? People come to me with all different um, like experiences um, around like their experience and their GPA. Um, so when it comes to the like the application process, it's a very holistic process, right? They're looking at your grades. They're looking at your resume. Um, they're looking at your references and then your personal statement. Um, and the reason that the personal statement is so important is that it gives applicants a chance to like make sense and show the admissions committee them as a person. So the example that I really like to give is let's say we have an applicant who has like amazing grades. Um, but when you look at their experience, you know, they they weren't really that involved um, or then they, they didn't have to work while they were in school. Whereas another applicant might have a very low GPA, but they had to work to put themselves through school while also being a single parent. And they went through some hardships while they were in their undergrad and they were involved in some like extra clubs. Um so that's why the personal statement is so important because it gives people a chance to kind of capture that, right? And especially in the field of social work, like that person who went through that hardship and like worked their way through school, like that's all stuff that's going to contribute to them being an amazing social worker down the road, which just looking at a GPA, like you would not be able to, um, to capture that. Um, and then same thing with like lack of experience. Um, I get a lot of people who come to me and they are coming from completely different fields um, or like they just like haven't like gotten experience in the field yet. Um, I know that lots of people get accepted right out of their undergrad, meaning that they don't have like the experience yet. Um, so that goes, you know, it really comes down to like the critical thinking skills and showing that you have the skills that they're looking for, despite the level of experience you have. And that goes the other way too. just because someone has 10, 20 years of experience doesn't mean they're going to automatically get accepted to the program um, because it's all about like showing that you have the skills needed. Um, and yeah, and like another example is like, 
uh, I had a client recently who was coming from like um, the marketing field. Um, she was actually a newscaster in her home country, which obviously that's not really social work. But when we were able to take it a little bit deeper, you know, her why really came from the fact that she was sick of reporting on these social justice issues. So she wanted to pursue a master of social work so that she could work towards solving and addressing those those issues that she was seeing in like as a reporter. That's beautiful. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, I heard, I don't even know where I heard it at, but I heard that if you apply early, your chances of getting in are better as opposed to waiting to the deadline. Would you say that that's true? So it depends. Um, there's kind of like two systems that schools have. Um, and one of those systems is called rolling admissions. So that means that they open up the application and they basically accept applications until they fill up. Um, so definitely if your school is doing rolling applications, you're going to want to get your your application done as soon as possible. Because yeah, in the beginning, I think they're going to be a lot more like loosey goosey with the acceptances, right? Um, whereas if it's like a hard deadline where they, you know, they aren't looking at any applications until after the deadline. Um, in that case, I would say it probably doesn't matter as much. Okay, that makes sense. And last question, are there any key words that we should try to integrate when thinking about our application? Or even you mentioned some skills, even skills that we have that we may not realize that we have that we should make sure that we're including? Yeah, so um, yeah, it can definitely help in your personal statement to kind of sound like a social worker, right? Um, so I actually do have like a buzzword checklist that um, that people can use um, to, and it's like kind of like the top words that, that we use all the time as social workers. Um, and that's a really great tool, especially for people who um, aren't coming from the social work field. Um, the only thing I would say is if you are using those words, make sure you understand what they actually mean and that you're not just like throwing them in there for no reason. Um, the other thing that can be really helpful is to look up some of the social work like theories and values. Um, a lot of people apply to social work programs without having a full understanding of what social work actually entails. Um, which is like, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about what the profession is, right? When a lot of us think about social workers, we think about those kind of micro level roles. So like a child welfare worker or like, uh, like a therapist. Um, so by doing a little bit of research about kind of the common theories and values of the profession, that's going to allow you to kind of integrate that a little bit more into your personal statement. Um, the other, I, I don't recommend necessarily like trying to define social work theories in your personal statement. It's more so about integrating some of those concepts as you are answering the questions. Okay. So a lot of ways that you are able to help people, because even just thinking about this and I'm thinking about my pre MSW self, I would, I would listen to this episode and be like, okay, check, check, check. I'm writing all this down. Now, what the heck do I do with it? So I will call you Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you're listening to this and you're feeling like, okay, I have all of these things to do, but I'm not sure exactly how to do them. That's what Michelle is for is she shows you the how and how to integrate this and get clarity with your statements. So 
Um, what else, you know, can you tell us about your business and then where can we learn more about you and the services that you offer and get connected? Yep. So, um, you can go to mswhelper.com. That's where you're going to find everything that I offer. Um, and you can either work with me directly. I can um, edit your personal statement. Um, and then I also have a ton of free resources as well. So like templates that you can use, blog posts that kind of go into more detail about the things that I'm talking about. Um, and every single Tuesday in the fall, I'm actually doing a free webinar where I'll be talking about best practices in the personal statement and leaving some time for Q&A &A as well. So um, between all that, there's definitely lots of lots of resources available to help people feel more confident about their personal statement. That's awesome. And I will be sending out Michelle's resources to my Friday resource email list. So if you are not on this list yet, make sure that you get on there because that's where I send out a lot of upcoming workshops, resources, tips, tools, freebies ways to get involved in the social work profession. So definitely join that email resource list right now before you forget. And uh, thank you so much, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. Um, any last words of advice for people who are submitting their applications? Yeah, thank, thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, I guess one last piece of advice would be um, when it comes to the personal statement, talk about your insights instead of your job duties. I often see that mistake, right? Where people will basically regurgitate what is in their resume. Um, but that's not really what they're looking for in the personal statement, right? They're looking for you to take it a little bit deeper. And yeah, like I said, really connect to that why and your goals as a social worker and how you can contribute to the field in a really unique way. I love it. Michelle dropping gems over here. I hope you took notes on that. Thank you so much, Michelle. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal, health, or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to 
to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.